I'm Derek Thompson, the host of the podcast, Plain English. We tackle technology, politics, culture, history, everything that's happening in the world and why it matters. New episodes of Plain English drop every Tuesday and Friday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100-GAMBLER. Visit rg-help.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. All righty, let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is the Ringer Gambling Show. Joe House, John Zustremski, kicking off for Tuesday. Fired up. I already had a bad beat to start my week off with an absolute bang with Syracuse, which we will get to momentarily, House, because I don't know if you had an opportunity to see that. Eight and a half. Game goes to overtime, basically on a buzzer beater, and you knew plus eight and a half was dead to rights right then and there. Aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? How you doing, pal? (laughs) This is it. I mean, overtime is, as they say, on SVP's bad beats. No friend to to the to the better. To it the is a dog better. killer. That's the it's, way I like to look at it. It is a dog right. killer. If you have an underdog and the game goes to overtime and you're getting seven, getting eight, getting six, whatever the case may be, you basically need a barf bag to watch the five minutes of overtime. You can just turn it off. You know that you're cooked. Turn it off. Go get yourself, go order a taco, have a nice cerveza, and get on with your evening. Something like that. Well, that was my approach on Friday night. I had a good Saturday in college basketball, so that kind of salvaged things a little bit for me. But my goodness, we start off our Friday NBA pod. And, dude, I couldn't have been. At least I salvaged one with Dallas getting the points against the Utah Jazz. But every other pick I gave out, that Timberwolves pick was basically dead a quarter into the game. Well, and and look, we said at the outset of that show, it's our first time together. It's already a wonderful marriage. But we, at that at this stage of the season, this is really time to focus, right? All of those teams coming off of the All-Star break, the massive impact of the trades that occurred, we were just going to wade into it. We didn't tell anybody, go bet five units on this one or that one or the other one. We wanted to take our time. We gave out our leans. We gave out our perspective. Everybody could hear our point of view. And it's okay. Like we said for Philly, I, I said on this podcast, I expected to take Philly a couple of few games to see how this, uh, speaking of marriages, 
uh, Harden Embiid relationship is going to work. JJ, it took them four minutes. It didn't take two or three games. They were off and running, baby. No, and I think the mistake that you made and the mistake that I made, and I should know this because I saw what Harden was able to do last year in Brooklyn where he was fat, he was out of shape, he quit on the Rockets. Then all of a sudden, he comes back and he's got like a mini six-pack like he did the juice cleanse. <laughs> you know, the abs might be showing a little bit. And Harden got in a game shape and played out of his mind for Brooklyn. All of a sudden, the hamstring is fine. The knees are fine. The calves are fine. And basically, they're hitting the ground running. And I remember we were talking about the idea of handicapping the futures market with Philly. And we said, oh, maybe you can wait a couple weeks. Maybe you can get a better number. Well, how's, you almost need the Sixers now to lose a couple of games and kind of look lousy in the process before I think you want to consider hopping on board, taking them to win the East or taking them to win the title. Because right now everybody's going to be drooling them after what they did in the last two games. It is important to take recognition of the fact that they played Minnesota on and the second game of a back-to-back. Yeah, and, my Knickerbockers, who basically That's right. had two bigs just hack and bead and get them to the line 40-something times during that game. Yes, you got to take that into account. So they're going to look good again because they play your Knickerbockers again tomorrow night. And then we start to get a little bit of an indication of what a test might look like because the next three games for the Sixers is is home against Cleveland, which they probably should handle. But then they're on the road at Miami the very next night, and then they have a home game against Chicago, and then they have on the 10th the Nets. Now, we probably won't see Ben Simmons, but – that will tell us something about this Philly team and exactly how this uh, relationship is going to work. But it looks pretty symbiotic at the moment, JJ. Yes, it does. And if you look at Philly's odds to win the title, they're up to plus 700. So clearly over the weekend, there was a little influx in Philadelphia money on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. House, I told you to heat a legitimate, dude. I loved them yesterday against Chicago. Absolutely loved them against Chicago. Like, I know... The odds makers wanted to lump the Heat and the Bulls in the same sort of category. You can't do that, dude. Miami has such a better chance of making noise than the Bulls. It's not even funny. And I know I spit the Bulls preseason, and I'm going to lose money on their future. I acknowledge that. I own that. But Miami is so much more capable of going on a playoff run than Chicago. I don't care what seed they are. Like, Miami can go and win a couple of playoff series. I cannot see that for the Chicago Bulls. Well, the Chicago has to get healthy. No Lonzo and no uh, Caruso. Caruso's at, a big at, loss for them. And I that's agree. right. So let's let those guys come back. Hopefully, they both can get healthy. I love the revelation that Chicago has has been this season. And, you know, I also am going to lose money. I bet they're under. Um, but I'm fine with it, right? Like, the, the thesis for being skeptical about Chicago this incoming season was the defense. We looked at that roster and was like, who wants to the Chicago Bulls team plays defense? It was Patrick Williams was the only guy with the reputation and he got hurt, you know, in the first couple months. So we're not, I don't, you know, re regret sizing it up and being wrong. They proved us wrong. It's great. The job that Billy Donovan is doing is uh, exemplary. And yet Billy Donovan, when I'm looking at coach of the year odds, JJ, one, two, three, four. He's he's fifth on this list. I can't believe it. That makes absolutely no sense to me. I'm glad that you brought that up. And Monty Williams won. See, I forget with the AP coach of the year and then the actual coach of the year. Uh, Thibodeau won. Did Thibodeau win the award last year? He did. 
Okay. Kids was the like, coach of I the year. Get, you know, but you understand why I'm getting confused with that, though, House. Because yeah. like, yes. I no, feel I like in some circles he wins an award. In another circle, he doesn't win the award. So that's why Monty Williams is minus 300. They feel like they owe him from last year, maybe. That's well, the only and, reason. And it's deserved. They, 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 um, They're awesome. I don't, they're yeah, awesome. they they had the best record uh, all the way up until you know th- this moment right now minus three hundred for Monty Williams, which is like an implied I don't know it's it's like seventy percent uh, likelihood of of winning, maybe even better than that. But I have my eye. We're talking coach of the year here, JJ, and and I swear this is not recency bias. I just looked down the sheet a little bit, looking for some value. Now JB Bickerstaff is second in these odds at plus three seventy five for what I see. Um, I don't think Cleveland is going to be able to, to sustain its run. They, their guards are all hurt, and I think they're kind of poised for a little bit of a swoon coming up here. I, I love Taylor Jenkins at plus 650, and I swear it's not recency bias because of how they played last night and the way that Ja went off last night. I, I liked uh, this, this possibility for Memphis. Memphis very much could end up with the best record in the West. It would not shock me one bit if they end up the one seed in the West. Wouldn't that be crazy? And listen, John Moran plays so hard. He put on a couple of holy shit highlight displays yesterday if you had a chance to see their game with San Antonio. Um, I I still think from a coach of the year perspective, though, I like the idea of taking the team that nobody expected anything out of and then seeing them kind of rise through the ranks. That's why I would circle Bickerstaff. I understand your point on regression with the Cavs, which you'll probably see. Plus 900 with Billy Donovan's a good number, though. I mean, yeah. if the Bull, and, and I'm not a believer in the Bulls. If they finish, like, with a top three seed in the Eastern Conference, I mean, you got to give him some more. Like, they're never going to give it to Kerr. Forget about it. Been there, done that. They're never going to give it to Spolstra. Been there, done that. Mm, what do we think about Simmons boy, Udoka, who we wanted fired like a month into the year? What do we think about that <laughs> plus 5,000? No, he's not going to win coach of the year, even though the analytics uh, for Boston are, have now gone haywire. There's all these crazy, uh, um, you know, advanced analytics indicating that they're the favorite to win the NBA title. Oh, get out of here with their, that. I mean, their geez, point differential geez. and all this stuff. It tells you a lot about, you know, how these these metrics are measured out. Now, I, I will confess this. Memphis has a much harder uh, road in front of it than than Chicago, right? Chicago's only two games behind the Heat. Memphis is seven games behind Phoenix, and there's just probably not enough games for Memphis to make up enough ground for Taylor Jenkins. But the, you you talked about teams uh, exceeding expectations. I don't. I think the. I don't remember off the top of my head the over under for Memphis, but it was it was barely mid forties. Yeah, it and was in gonna, the low to mid forties. I think. Yeah, they're they're going to end up. You know, I'm knocking on wood. I don't. You know, everything is always contingent on everybody staying healthy. But if Jaw especially stays healthy, why why can't this team end up around fifty five wins or so? It doesn't feel crazy to me. Now, and then you could start plotting a path to maybe getting to the conference finals. I feel like. If Memphis has any shot of getting to the finals house, they got to avoid playing both Phoenix and Golden State. You know yep. what I mean? Like, you could maybe convince me, even though I don't think they'd beat either team, of beating one. I do not see them getting by both. Well, the problem they have is, like, they're going to probably play one of Dallas or Denver in that 5-6 slot. And I mean, they could that- easily lose to one. I, I, <laughs> you would not, let's put it this way. They would much rather get Dallas I think, as opposed to getting Denver. I agree I, I with that. I would not want any part of the Nuggets. No, and, and you know, the Nuggets continue to get 
um, decent feedback on that injury front. We covered it on Friday's show, and you picked Denver as your sort of dark dark horse that might go on a little run here because of the good news they're getting. We're, we're continuing to see that good news possibly come to fruition. Now, I, I do want to just um, for two more seconds on this Coach of the Year thing, why are you dismissing Spolstra? If Miami ends up with the top seed in the East, why can't, why can't Spolstra be Coach of the Year? I think they like to give it to different people. That's why. He hasn't won. He hasn't won? Really? No. no. See, that's surprising. It just goes to show you, that goes to show you, you know, your perception of what an NBA coach is. Because, like, <laughs> you would figure one of the teams, well, they didn't want to give him any love when he had LeBron and Wade. Clearly. Right. They didn't want right. to give him any love. No. See, I, and they didn't give it to him the year they ended up in the bubble because they were kind of a mid-tier seat. Interesting. I know. See, that, yeah. that might be one to hop on. See, I yeah. thought Spolstra had won the award at some point. No, I'm going through the list. It was it was Tibbs last year. The year before was Nick Nurse with Toronto, um, who who made a run. And he's and that, got crazy odds this year. He's like at like twenty five hundred, twenty five thousand. Well, they're not. They're, they're they're yeah, I mean, they're not going to do anything. Um, no, and but they're a playoff team. They're, they're oh, sure, the sure. Well, it's up to them, right? Maybe they're right now in the seventh seed at thirty three and and twenty seven, and they have kind of a decision to make. Um, about like, do we want to go be in the playoffs or are we better off getting a, a pick in the top 14 with this roster that we have? There are a couple teams that are kind of in that mode. I feel like Cleveland's kind of in that mode also. Now, I think Cleveland um, may, may be more inclined to, to try and make the playoffs because it's such a feel-good story. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if one of those two teams gets a little strategic down the stretch and, mm. and is okay with the idea of maybe missing out on this playoffs and trying to jump into the draft. That's an interesting idea for late season handicapping strategy. If you're actually a firm believer in that and house, before we get to the card today, you know, I'm thinking about the futures market. Listen, we're going to take a peek. We're going to take a look basically every single week. I would love to compare this year's title odds to 2021, 2020 pre COVID the year before that. Like I can't tell you a year where we didn't have a team that was like plus 150 or 200 to win a title. Because I feel like the NBA always caters to having that sort of favorite. And then you have a bunch of teams after the fact. The odds this year basically tell you that Vegas really doesn't have a good feel. And they don't have a good sense for who's winning the title. Because it's like Phoenix, Golden State, 430, 440. And then you got a 600, a 650, a 700, a 1,000, an 1,800. All sorts of mixed in. Vegas really doesn't know who they like to win the NBA title right about now, at least from a favorite's perspective. How about this, JJ? Me either. I I don't really have a good feel for it at this point either. You know, I I thought Milwaukee was getting slept on a little bit, but they look so vulnerable against the Nets on Saturday night. And, you know, kudos, by the way, to both Steve Nash and Doc Rivers post-trade for immediately coming up with, you know, lineups and and, uh, maximizing the assets. I mean. Drummond and, and, and Seth Curry and Kyrie together on uh, Saturday night looked pretty goddamn good. And I, went, I started thinking, wow, this Nets team is going to be deep. They could be really something. Now, Milwaukee is, is speaking of deep, you know, they're still working surge in um, West Matthews isn't really getting time right now. Brooke Lopez remains on the shelf. So it's not the version of the Bucks that the Bucks hope to be. And Connaughton's hand, obviously, isn't it, you know, he's out until uh, probably playoff time. So it's not exactly the version of the Bucks, but I, the Bucks would have been my inside pick, but I don't like at all how they're closing out games. And, you know, they're like a 500 team over the last 25 games or so. 
You ain't kidding. And I feel like it's going to be like the roller coaster every single week of us trying to find a team that we like that much more. <laughs> Get ready. It's just that that's what it's going to be, dude. So, yeah. full disclosure, as I look at the Tuesday card, I thought I was going to come on this morning after the Nets got absolutely steamrolled by the Raptors. They got to go to Toronto, put a second night of a back to back. And I was like, great. Kyrie will play. It's a road game. I'll be getting value with Brooklyn. He's ruled out. The line basically goes from four to eight and a half, nine. So I was going to try to get you on board with Brooklyn, even though I can't stand them. I was going to try to get you to convince <laughs> taking the points on the money line. Not at Kyrie's playing, dude. I can't do that. That's completely no. out now. No that's Kyrie and I'm out. I'm with you. No, that's a stay away. Um, I have the fishy line of the night. I don't oh. know if you feel this way. And I know Clay's not playing. How are the Warriors only a one and a half point favorite against the Timberwolves? Uh, it's a, it's an awesome question. Now, uh, I think it's because of how Golden State ended that game against Dallas Sunday night. It was like really stunning. They controlled that game for so much uh, all the way through. And, you know, Steph was doing Steph stuff. And then they got a little stagnant on offense and they flat out could not stop Dallas. Dallas ripped off like a 19 to one run and. Twitter was going crazy that Steve Kerr wouldn't call a timeout. And, and he, you know, Twitter was going crazy with the lineup that he had out there. He had Wiggins and someone, I can't remember who else was matched up with them. But, uh, you know, the, the, the recency bias, what we have in our mind's eye is uh, Golden State shitting the bed down the stretch in a game that they controlled against, you know, a, a team that they, they should have, have beaten at home. Um, I absolutely love Golden State's position. I mean, uh, we just watched... Uh, Minnesota coming off of the second of a, of a back-to-back. They're in oh, the they exact same position. They were awful against Philly. They were yes. awful. They didn't look ready to go. Their back-to-back numbers are not great. But, House, there's no way you get me on board with the Warriors tonight because everybody and their mother is betting that game. That line has moved now a full half point. It's down to one and a half. That is the classic, it seems too good to be true type of line. I'm so happy that that you um, convinced me. I don't. I I didn't have it on my card. I have three games on my card. That game was not one of them. It felt like a, a stay away. So I'm convinced. Okay. Well, I'm gonna try to get you on board for family play, and I can't believe I'm doing it with this team. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing it. So you can maybe talk me out of this for our family play tonight. The Dallas Mavericks are laying five against the Lakers. It's a nationally televised game, bro. It's on my card. The it's perception on my card. around the Lakers is yeah. that they're done. They've quit. The season's over. And they're awful. Don't get me wrong. They're fighting fans. LeBron's chirping. Westbrook's waving goodbye. But Dallas had Luka Doncic's birthday in Los Angeles <laughs> night prior. And this is the classic, classic hangover game. Bro, I'm taking the Lakers tonight. Can I get you on board with the Lakers at plus five? You cannot. I, I cannot. I, I, I try. I can't join you on this one. It can't. I can't. This does not. So the problem that I have is they're they're young. Like if they if the birthday was last night, you might have got me, but it was two nights ago. So they had the celebration. They're able to bounce back. You know, Luca's finally in shape. The problem I have um, with this game, and it might be a stay away now. I was going to play Mavs. The line was in the three three and a half range, and now it's up to five and a half. Um, the last time I yeah, looked, yeah, it's way too overvalued, man. That's and it's, way too many points. Well, the question is, what LeBron's a questionable now. That's, well, see, that's, that's the problem. As that's we the do reason. this pod at 125 in the afternoon, yeah. I'm going to feel like a dumbass if I give out the Lakers and LeBron doesn't play. Total right. dumbass. But it's just like, it's too many points. Dude. It's too many points. I will say I'd like 
Dallas um, since the trade. Um, they're four and two. Oh, they've been uh, better without Porzingis. They've, they've been, been better without him. Well, because they built up a second unit. Like Dinwiddie and Bertans in a second unit um, role are valuable. They have a legit, you know, sort of uh, uh, rotation now. So, um, I, and we we both liked them. They gave that game away against Utah Friday night. I mean, they, that was that was a money line play. I I parlayed the Clippers on Friday night with Dallas, and that was like a plus five fifty parlay. And for quite a bit of that Dallas game, I was like, "Yes, Dallas, I like the way that you were playing. Please help me cash this ticket." And then they they choked down the stretch. Uh, they just got you know way too. It fell in love with long three pointers. Luca shot eighty five feet of three pointers in the last minute, and that was the end of that ticket. But uh, I like overall the way Dallas is trending. But, you know, we don't know what's happening with LeBron, so let's stay away from that one, too. All right, so we don't have a family play Golden State, Minnesota. We don't have a family play Dallas and the Lakers. Atlanta, Boston? Mm-hmm. Yes. So okay. I have an angle for this, and I'd like you to try. Let me see if I can convince let's you to join Let's see if you could get me on board. Me. Yeah. Okay. So I'm on the under in this one. The number's 227 and a half, and Lou Williams is either questionable or out. John Collins is either questionable or out. Boston five and one straight up at home, eight and two in its last ten. They're the best defensive team in the league over those ten games. These teams have played three times. The total in those three games: two hundred nine, two hundred, two hundred. The numbers two twenty seven and a half. The Celtics just got their asses handed to them by the Pacers, an embarrassing game. Now, that's because they played the previous day at 12 noon. I don't know why the NBA does that. The 12 noon Saturday game for Celtics-Pistons. And so the Celtics on Sunday shit the bed against the Pacers. But I like them at home in a bounce-back moment. Every one of these games is crucial. They're only one game out of the four spot right now in the East. What do you think about the under? Because defensively, if if you tell me no Collins, no Lou Williams, and really the, the shutdown is is Trey, can I control Trey? Then I like the under. How about this for our family play today? Celtic money line tied in with the under. Okay, yes, I think I'm we're on, on to something here. I, I love it. Lean Celtics laying the points. I don't feel great about laying six and a half. This kind of makes it easy for us, House. I'm in on that. Too high a number. Celtics get after it on defense. Take the Celtics money line. Let's take that under 227 and a half. Let's parlay them together. Boom. Everybody's going to say that we're, we're on our knees for the Podfather. That's the yeah, only problem with this that. is, is the well, Simmons listen, play. Listen, there are going to be plenty of opportunities where we can fade him yes. and spit in his face, which hopefully we will be able to do. <laughs> we love him both. But like, yeah. we don't want to be brown noses. Yeah, no, like, this no. is a rarity. So I uh, for the Podfather, if he's listening... For any of the Celtic fans, don't get used to this because I feel like I will go out of my way more often than not to pick against the Boston teams. In this case, though, I like them against we're just, Atlanta. We're just playing to win. This is we're playing with our wallets, JJ. We're rooting the color green, and it's not Kelly Celtic green. Let's Correct. It it's cash green. Let's go, baby. It's Benjamin Franklin green. <laughs> yeah. It's Benjamin yes, Franklin it green. Okay, yes, so I like that. Now explain this to me, House. Your Wizards. The total in this game, I saw it open at 221 and a half, 215 and a half. What's up with that? It, it I, I have no idea. I mean, the variance of this uh, Wizards team is uh, purely a function of rotation experimentation out of Coach Wes Unsell Jr. And I honestly don't, don't begrudge him, you know, doing what he's doing. 
we're seeing some glimmers out of Denny Avdia, which I which I love to see. He's he you know, you know they drafted him in the nine spot two years ago. He didn't get a chance to play because Westbrook um, was here last year with Scotty Brooks. Um, he's a he's a tough kid. He's getting a lot of run. He and Kuz have some stuff. There's a little chemistry there. Rui Hachimura has come back and he's shooting the ball pretty well. But who the hell knows? what the lineup is going to be at any given, you know, he's just it's a rotation experiment because they're really trying to figure out the team for next year with the zinger uh, in the uh, under, under roof. And who knows whether or not Beal will be here. So you got to see what the kids are all about. So I, the wizards to me um, are a stay away unless we're betting against them on either a money line or a spread. Fascinating. Okay. That's a game. I didn't want to go anywhere near, but Good. I, I listen, I saw the total four, four, five, Five and a half points. I had to bring it up to you. We like our Celtics under parlay. Um, if I'm playing anything else tonight, if LeBron plays, I'll take the Lakers. It's a late night game. I'll be up for it. Uh, and I'm going back to the well with the Timberwolves. It's probably going to be an idiotic decision. But now <laughs> we know the Timberwolves are on the list. If they don't cover this game against the Warriors, I will never take them again in a back-to-back ever. Remember I said that. And put it in the book. Uh, I have one other play. I'm going to go ahead and and... Look at another uh, stinky. I'm going to hold my nose. I like the under in the Clippers Rockets. Uh, they just played. It was uh, Sunday. The game, uh, the, the Clippers had to, to scratch and claw their way to a 99-98 win. That number is 227. There was only 96 possessions in that, in that entire basketball game. I don't know what the algorithm in Vegas is showing. Other than the fact that that um, the Rockets pace wise play pretty good, but the Clippers have been playing excellent defense, and I love this situation where you have back to back games. The teams are familiar with each other. That tends to me to mean less scoring, not more scoring. So I, I'm on the under under two twenty seven in Clippers Rockets. I could get on board with that real quick for tomorrow. We don't have lines yet. Got to think it's a good spot for Milwaukee at home against Miami. Miami off a big win. Milwaukee after what happened Saturday night. I have that one circled immediately. And listen, fade the Knicks as much as you can down the stretch of this year. You know, like they they were in the two games at home. I know they've been a little bit better on the road. But Philly, Philly, you got to figure, is going to be laying at least double digits in that game. They were laying, what, eight and a half on Sunday afternoon? Yeah. That's going to be... That's going to be like a Philly minus 13 and a half point spread. I would um, guess. That scares me when you get up into that neck of the woods. But, you know, that's Philly becomes a nice sort of uh, leg in a, in a multi-game parlay, perhaps. And by the way, what is the league doing? How is Knicks-Philly the ESPN game and not Miami-Milwaukee? I mean, what are we doing here? Come on. I, look, we, we're not in charge. We should be in charge. But we're not in charge, JJ. And listen, I'm taking my bias out of it. I'm telling you, you don't want the Knicks on national TV. The Knicks... They're putting the Knicks on like five straight nationally televised games. They suck. Their season's over. Come on and off. Just wait till till Stephen A. comes on on the pregame and, and gives you his current version of the Knicks. He'll be t- he'll be saying the same thing. Why are we talking about the Knicks? I just said I might be worth the press of the mission. I'd be more <laughs> into that than watching the Knicks play the Sixers tomorrow night. I'll tell you that. That's well. So there you go. We we'll just have to l- watch the pregame and then flip over on League Pass to the to the Milwaukee Heat game. House, a silver lining, bro. If this parlay goes up in flames and the Celtics lose, we can uh, annoy Simmons for like an hour. Yeah, that it'll be great. Any, That's the silver the lining. Like, I was going to say, I really hope the under hits because I'll bet it separately. And if the Celtics <laughs> lose outright and screw us on the parlay, yeah. we have some good material. So I like yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Great. We've done it. Buddy, we will catch up 
I, I don't know what next week Friday. Friday, when, I think. I think we're, wow, we're going to re- reconnect you. on Friday. Let's Simmons bang them out, bro. Work now. Let's, <laughs> let's 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 bang them out. It's NBA. We're in the home stretch. Let's go win some effing money. That's the idea, and I'll give you some college plays over the weekend. So. I can't wait. I need I need the hookup. Joe House, good stuff, pal. Love you, JJ. I feel weirdly confident about this Celtics under parlay in the TNT primetime game. Um, if you had Syracuse yesterday, my condolences. That was brutal. And if you happen to see Van Pelt's bad beats, and I did because I was doing television yesterday. We were waiting for news on the dopey MLB lockout, so they kept us there an hour and a half. I saw the amount of bad beats. I was in on three of these games. Now, if you rode Arkansas with us and you got minus two, you pushed. If you played the money line, you won. If you had two and a half, that was horrific on Saturday. Absolutely horrific. And you knew the minute one of the guys on Arkansas missed the first free throw, Kentucky was coming down the court and banging a three. They just happened to bank it in. We had Virginia Tech. That was the miracle of all miracles. We were on the right side of that one. They were down eight with like a minute and a half left, and everything had to go right. And Thankfully, it did, and they ended up winning outright. Telling you, Virginia Tech's one of those teams we have circled for the ACC tournament. Their metrics are really good. Their offensive and defensive efficiency numbers are, they grain out well in Kempom. So I'm going to be looked to riding the Virginia Tech Hokies a ton here over the next few games as they try to play their way into the tournament. But Syracuse yesterday just flat out sucked. I mean, can that game just end? Why did Joe Girard have to hit that shot to tie the game? Eight and a half, we can't cover nine in overtime? Sick. Absolutely sick. All right. Card for Tuesday. I love Villanova today. And you know this. I'm not a believer in Providence. I think Providence is a team that's been incredibly lucky, and they're going to get their ass handed to them at some point, whether it's the Big East tournament or in the NCAAs. Explain this one to me. Providence is the ninth team in the nation. Villanova is the 11th team in the nation. Yet 71% of the tickets are on Providence. 60% of the money is on Providence. The line has gone from Nova minus nine to Nova minus nine and a half. Get on the Wildcats today, folks. That line makes absolutely no sense. I circled it immediately. We are absolutely playing Villanova. I think they win easily. I think that line indicates that they win easily. That is something we will be on today. Uh, I'm not going anywhere near Ole Miss and Kentucky. I have no interest in laying 17 points. All right, I'll tell you another one I like, and it's one of the premier games of the day. Purdue and Wisconsin. Wisconsin, a home dog. Wisconsin getting 62% of the tickets, but yet they're plus three. Purdue is going to win this game. Purdue has been a better team in the Big Ten, in my opinion, all year. I think Wisconsin has been incredibly fortunate. They were incredibly fortunate the other day against Rutgers. Pulled that game out of the fire. I will be on the Boilermakers today. That game is basically for the Big Ten regular season. I'm going with the better team. Boiler up, baby. Give me Purdue. Minus three. I have that one circled. Another one I love. Michigan State off their win of the year against Purdue. Michigan State getting four and a half against Michigan. Everyone betting the Spartans. Nobody wants to take the Wolverines. That line is at four and a half. Love Michigan tonight. I am on Michigan. I am on Purdue. I am on Villanova. I'm not laying ten and a half with the Hokies. I do like them in a lot of spots down the stretch. Not going near that today. And I don't love Arizona laying four and a half against USC. 
I lean USC in the game. I'm not giving it out as a play. My three plays for college basketball, Tuesday card, Purdue, Michigan, Nova. And on Wednesday, if there are games to watch, there are spots to watch. Keep an eye on Xavier, who needs a bounce back win against St. John's. I'm curious to see what that line is going to be. I think Florida State might play a spunky game against Notre Dame. Circle that one. And Auburn in a bounce back spot against Mississippi State. Now, I don't know the lines yet on these games. So, you know, tread lightly. Be careful. But the two, the three that I love today, Nova, Purdue, Michigan. That's your Tuesday card in college basketball. We're back. Friday, House is going to do some NBA stuff with us. And we're going to have a loaded card for the final weekend of the regular season. I'm going to be in Syracuse. Who knows? I might be sipping a Bloody Mary from the hotel bar. It might get wacky. It might get weird. Ringer Gambling, Tuesday, Friday. You're going to find us. I'm back Thursday with my New York, New York pod. Subscribe, download, do the stuff that you do. It works to find. Stay out. Be good, everybody.